Welcome to the Vital Doc Talk podcast, where we talk all things important for doctors, not just their patients, but how they can grow their practice and current affairs. And today we have our guest, April. Um, April has an extensive background being a consultant for, for doctors in the field. She's trained in the field, and she actually went, she was a classmate of uh, Omar's, who was... Uh, I was, yes. Yeah, of my Small previous guest. Yeah, so... Uh, April, why don't you give the guests um, a quick background on yourself and kind of your journey that got you started in the medical world? Sure. Uh, well, my background is nursing, and eventually I got into medical device. Mm -hmm. And as I was in my offices, I noticed that when I was trying to see, okay, how is our product going to fit into your workflow, into your practice, I realized that if the back of the house wasn't working right, my product was never going to work. Mm -hmm. And I realized how important it was and how much opportunity there was to help these offices kind of configure their systems and operations. Mm -hmm. And so I actually saw that need and that's how I got to consulting was I saw how much of a need there was to help with the back of the house. Mm -hmm. And so now I consult with um, physicians that are mainly trying to enter the cash pay space. So in the aesthetic, plastic, cosmetic world, mm -hmm. uh, most of them want to kind of mix up their payer mix a little bit. And so that's how I kind of got into consulting. That's awesome. And can you, how, how about you go a little bit more into kind of the consulting offices, uh, offers and services you do? Sure. So uh, most of the clients that I have are either currently in the cash pay space so they may already have a current uh, cash pay office, such as a cosmetic office, plastic. Um, some of the actually more clients that I'm getting are, it seems like more and more offices are having trouble getting those insurance reimbursements and mm -hmm. everyone wants to get into the cash pay space. So it could be a, a non-traditional client is what I would call them. So maybe it would be a family practitioner or maybe a GI office that's trying to figure out, okay, how can we get into the cash pay arena? Mm -hmm. So I help them look at their current offerings and how can we kind of expand your menu into that cash pay space. And most of this has to do with the back of the office. And I, I'm, I'm going to use that term probably quite a bit today because I really okay. think that's the, the secret sauce to most mm -hmm. of these offices is how is the back of the house run? So tell me more about this. I, I like I like that mindset. That's really smart um, because obviously a, a lot of times when I talk to different business owners and obviously doctors, which is what we're both passionate about, most of them, they, they go to school to help people, to heal people, and they don't think about the back of the office from a holistic point of view. So what would you say are the main things that they get wrong or, um, you know, kind of don't have handled when it comes to the back of the office? And, um, you know, what, what do you have to do to kind of get them there? Well, I think some of the, uh, I'm going to call them low-hanging fruit, things that you can probably fix immediately. Every, mm -hmm. every office can fix this immediately is what do your patients, what's their perception of the touch points in their office? And what I mean mm -hmm. by that is how is your staff communicating with your patients? Because patients today, they have incredible amount of resources at their fingertips, right? If, if they want to go find a procedure, they can Google out the wazoo, right? Find mm -hmm. exactly what they want, the price they want, the provider they want. So they're coming into the office actually pretty educated. And that now puts these offices, they're going to have to operate at a higher bar because their patients already have all of their information, right? 
So they already know what they want when they come in the office. So that means that as soon as that first touch point, whether it's the first phone call or whoever is at the front desk is one of the most important touch points for these offices to focus on because that is actually where 90% of leads are usually lost. Wow, first 90, you say 90%, wow yeah. everybody, 90% of your leads are lost at the front desk, which if I was a doctor, I'd be mad that nine out of 10 people are not doing business with me because Yes. You know, so what? So t so let's go a little bit more into that ninety percent. What's uh, what's what's going on there? Are uh, there are is the front desk rude? Not knowledgeable? Why why is it lost? There there could be a few different reasons. So remember that these patients who are calling or these potential patients are educated already. Mm -hmm. They've most of them have done their research, mm -hmm. and if they haven't done their research, they're calling you to find out more. So training actually is one of the easiest things every office can do today. And there's something called, um, you can actually do some secret shopping in their own office. You can actually call your front desk, right? And say, how is my staff answering the phone? Um, and it's, it, this is supposed to be a learning experience, right? Um, I think we all get in the groove of our, of our work and I think to take a step back and say, okay, what can we change? What can we fix? But training actually is one of the easiest things anyone can do is all of this staff in the office need to be speaking the same language. They all need to have the same message and treating patients, you know, um, trying to move them all kind of in the same direction. So I think training and seeing that make sure that all of your staff are in alignment, talking the same language is one of the easiest things to do. And it's free too. So that's, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, that's uh, that's a, a pearl right there. And and so what have been some of kind of the most common mistakes you've seen the front desk do when answering the phone? Um, you know, I don't know if it's being answering it in a sloppy manner, different pages. I don't know. What, what, what would those things be? A lot of these um, cash pay type procedures, um, it comes down to cost for a lot of people. And mm -hmm. so having that price conversation on the phone can be a really delicate dance. So if a patient is calling and asking for the price, we don't want to say the price up front immediately. We want to kind of do a delicate dance. We usually want to get them in for a consult so that we can actually have someone else do maybe the provider talk about, okay, here's the value of this procedure. Um, because if we're just listing the price off the bat, we may lose quite a few patients who are just price shopping. And if they are price shopping, we may have lost them anyways, but to show them the value of this procedure that they're coming in for. I really like that because, you know, in sales, there's something called, uh, um, from there's a book called Never Split the Difference, the negotiation book. And it, um, and it talks about calibrated questions. And, and it's these questions that you ask that are specifically supposed to, um, you know, be very kind of wise, et cetera. And I imagine you're right when it comes to stuff like pricing, um, especially the doctors I've talked to in the past who, um, you know, are, are just really there to help people. And, and that's what I love about this field. They probably have never really even talked about their front desk of, you know, how should we handle these pricing situations and, um, you know, consult with our clients. That's awesome. And so, so what other, maybe in terms of, um, you know, backdoor procedures, what other things are there that uh, uh, doctors might be missing out on? Um, there's a few other things. So I think having the mentality that the entire office is basically in sales. Mm. A lot of providers, just like you mentioned, went to school for medicine, right? Mm. And they don't want to be in sales. Um, there, there can be a, a negative taboo sometimes um, about that bucket. And at the end of the day, if you're working in the office, you're in sales. Patients are coming in the door, they're asking about procedures, and you have to sell it. And 
you know, most of these providers, I, I always give them the advice to be yourself, to be authentic, because um, this is a, a kind of a funny analogy, but it's very true. And I say this to a lot of my clients that, um, you know how people sometimes look like their dogs? Okay, well, your patients look like you. And yeah. I think that is one of the number one reasons why providers need to be themselves, be authentic in their office because you want to attract people like you. And at the end of the day, I see this in offices every day, the patients match the provider. And, and that's okay. That's just, that's just human psychology. It's what we do. But you want to hang out with people like you, right? That and is so a great tip. Providers actually attract patients just like them. So when I see providers, you know, on social media trying to be someone else, I'm like, stop, don't do that. Don't try and be, you know, the guy next door who's, you know, has all these patients. Be, be who you really are because you will attract patients just like you. And the providers that are very chill, they tend to attract those very chill patients. So be authentic, be you. And especially in the sales process, because you may find that your patients, they come to you for you, right? That is a gold. I mean, that is gold, right? And while you were talking about that, right, I was just thinking about all the different times that, you know, people have come to me for advice about branding and all this stuff. But I think that's the best answer, April, is you got to be you and you will attract others like you. And mm -hmm. I think that's, that's just kind of a testament of every single, um, you know, company out there, because people are attracted to others who share the same values as them. And because we're afraid of the unfamiliar, you know, and so if somebody has those same values, and somebody has those same viewpoints as you, they're gonna always wanna do business with you. And I think you're right about sales too, right? Like they're, they're, these doctors are, they don't like the word sales. You know, it's like, it's like you're selling them life insurance or an unneeded policy. Um, <laughs> yes. you know, so, so have you talked to doctors and they're like, oh, I don't like sales. And, yes. and, and how do you get them over that mindset? Cause I've talked to business owners all day long and they don't like to charge, they don't yes. like to increase prices you know, and, and all this other stuff. So, so what are your, what are your tips there? I think that whenever you, especially in the smaller offices where maybe they're, um, I see this the most in the non-traditional accounts that are trying to get into the cash pay space of mm -hmm. whenever you have your insurance based patients, they look a lot different than your cash pay patients. Mm -hmm. So if you want to start bringing in cash pay patients, you're going to have to change your language up a little bit and you are selling to the patient. And to your point, yes, most of them don't like the word sales. I don't want to be in sales. I'm in medicine, right? And, and I understand that completely, but you are a business owner at the end of the day. You have overhead. You have to pay off the device in the room. So how are we going to bring in money? So you kind of have to have these, you know, these tough conversations of you are a business owner also. So things that they can do to try and move into that sales process is I try and tell them that, listen, your patients are coming to you because they like you. That's the selling point. Uh, with how, how many different offices offer the same procedures, when it comes down to it, I always ask the provider, if I can go get Botox, for instance, at 20 different places in the building, why would I come to you for it? Great question. So I want them to think about that answer of what makes me special, what makes me different than the nine other providers down the hallway. 
because that's why your patients really come to you. And it's back to my point of your patients look like you. It's because they like you. That's why they're coming to you for a cash pay procedure. And I, I tell them this because I want them to be a little bit more open and authentic in that room of talking about their procedures of I have this procedure because I believe in it. I think it works. Here are my patients that it has worked on. And it's it's more of a genuine approach. And at the end of the day, it is still sales, but you don't have to do it in, in, a, in a salesy, like car sales manner that I think we all think of when we think of yeah. sales. Oh yeah, that's not me. <laughs> that's I think that's a huge problem today. You know, um, people think that, you know, like we even have that term salesy, like you said, right? And that's bad, yeah. you know, because salesy is like trick. You know, and so when I was talking to somebody about sales, I was like, you know, uh, and one of my mentors, who was very successful, right? Eight figure plus company. He was like, he said, you want to show people value. And then, and, and for me, I was like, how do I show people value? And I was like, maybe what I should do is I should just try to enlighten other people, you know, about what I do because they're interested in what I do. That's why they're coming into the door or Googling me, et cetera. Right. And my job is just to enlighten them. And that's how I'm going to show them value. So that's awesome. So, so in terms of, um, you know, values for a, a doctor, do you have exercises you recommend they do for themselves? Do you have like, you know, value exercises? What, what are kind of like next, what should doctors out there be, be doing? I think that most, in, anyone in healthcare, I'm sure has been asked this question since day one, but mm -hmm. why did you get into healthcare? Mm -hmm. We forget about that answer as we have gotten out of school, we get into our business, we get caught up and we forget about the why of why am I really here? And I think tuning back into the why is one of the most important things because when you start comparing that provider to somebody else, they start to shift and say, well, no, I'm different. I'm better because A, B, and C. And I'm like, okay, that's your answer. You're going to tell patients, right? Um, of you are here in this business. I offer this because of A, B, and C. And that will be the differentiator. So finding out your why, why did you buy this device? Why are you in this space? Why do you even want to treat patients? Because once they start to get back to the root of why they even entered the industry, to me, that's their selling point. Because every provider entered this for a reason, and they all have different reasons. None of them are right or wrong, but they did enter them for a different reason. And I think to speak to that, it all, it all comes back around you know, with, with your patients and retaining your patients of, okay, I like my provider because of their values, their why. I love that. You know, for, for us, you know, on the About Us page, we put like care as the number one value on our website. What, mm -hmm. Do you recommend they write out their values on their website? Do you, how do you recommend they, uh, you know, I guess, internalize and externalize their, their why? I do. So there is something that a lot of businesses have on their websites, the mission statement. And, you know, I think depending on the practice, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, on the front page, homepage, you know, my mission statement is blank. Um, but I think having and writing a little bit about why they're in this industry, why they want to take care of patients, you know, most patients relate to their provider and they wanna see and connect with their provider. So I always encourage them again to be authentic, to share why they're here and to post, 
you know, information about that. It could be on their website. It could be on social media. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be in this salesy way. It can be, it can be genuine and educational. You can post and say, you know, I have this device because I see a need for, you know, patients X, Y, and Z. And patients know what genuine looks like. And so the more genuine and authentic you can be, the better off these providers will be in getting patients and retaining them. That's awesome. That's fantastic. And, and, and I think that's really a great lesson for doctors to know for, um, in terms of attracting clients and also team and staff. Um, you know, I was reading a book, I forgot what the name of the book was, but, but basically the author was talking about how you want your team to know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you want them to get inspired by that same message. And if they don't, it's kind of like, you know, you guys are just a bunch of robots and you're just kind of completing tasks. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. So April, tell me more about um, your clients today in, in light of Corona, right? Because I imagine plastic surgeons and, you know, mm -hmm. doctors who are cash-based, they're probably really taking a big hit. What would your tips be there and kind of what are they experiencing? So mo as you know, most of the elective procedural fields have completely shut down mm -hmm. and it's been very difficult, uh, mainly because of the uncertainty. Uh, we don't know when the doors are going to reopen. Mm -hmm. So I've seen, you know, just a huge wave of paranoia, which I know all industries are somewhat feeling. Yeah. Uh, when can I reopen the doors? But there are a ton of things that these offices can do today for free. And I, I, I want these providers and offices to take advantage of this downtime because even back from when I, you know, I have colleagues in medical device and marketing companies and every single person is craving communication right now, right? Mm -hmm. All of us are at home, right? We have all this stimulus. We're used to having, you know, clients traveling, et cetera, patients coming in the door mm -hmm. and now it's been halted. So one of the first things I would encourage these offices to do is to communicate. So not just with your patients and staff, um, but also with the companies that you work with call up that marketing company you work with and say, I have downtime. What can we do? How can we mm -hmm. partner better? Right now can be the time to build out your campaign for the next few months. You have the time. Now mm -hmm. can be the time to do all the staff training on all the devices that we never have time to do. Now is the time that we can do, I call it housekeeping of maybe it's organizing inventory. Maybe it's going through inventory of how can we get this off the shelves? How can we create maybe an online shipping program right now to get rid of these products that we have on our shelf? So there are a ton of things we can do right now in the downtime of while, while we don't have patients coming in. So I want you know these offices to really use this time of brainstorming, maybe coming up with a game plan of when the doors do open, what are we going to do? So let's pull out the financials. Let's pull out, you know, all of your sales consultants, what's been working, what hasn't, you know, how, how can you change? I think we can do a deep dive of performance plans right now where our staff are still feeling included because I mm -hmm. think one of the worst things you can do is just stop communication, right? With your staff. Because the, your staff are scared too. Yeah. And so you need to be having these calls and saying, listen, we're all in this together. We're still here. We're going to reopen. Here's what we're going to do in the meantime, you know, to kind of ease some of that anxiety that everybody is feeling. 100%. You know, and I think the worst strategy is to just do nothing or put your head in the sand. And, and I think you're right. That communication is so vital right now because 
people are, are they're stuck, you know, with this whole social distancing, et cetera, thing. So we crave it even more. And on top of that, we're told we can't have it. You know, when you're told you can't have something, you <laughs> so want, want even more. more. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, yeah. So, so what about, um, and I love that, right? Talking to your, your team, but what about clients, right? Cause I, I can understand, you know, you're talking to your team, you're re-strategizing, you're talking to your marketing people and your vendors. And you're like, how can we collaborate? What can we do to support each other, et cetera? What message should they be telling their clients and, and how should they be interfacing with them? I would say back to communication that you need to be communicating to your patient database, even if you don't have an update. Mm-hmm. communicating with them because now more than ever, if you've, if you've logged on to LinkedIn, Instagram, any, any of your outlets, there is such an increase in people being on Instagram right now. It is insane. So trust me now more than ever, you need to be using these outlets to communicate to your patients and to let them know you're still here, that you are, you still want to engage with them. And let's try and pivot. Let's try and find a way. How can you creatively interact with your patients right now to keep them engaged? Because you don't want to lose your patient database right now. But something even bigger is you actually have a chance to increase your patient reach right now. So all of these patients who may not have been one of your current patients, you have potential to expand patient reach because quite frankly, you have the time to be doing that. So let's focus on our social media, our marketing outlets right now. Let's increase that patient reach. And it could be, you know, posting something everyone's going through, right? This COVID pandemic. So it could be reaching out to your patients and saying, okay, we're, we're going to do a drawing of, you know, let's, let's post, you know, like your, it could be anything that you're just interacting, engaging with your patients. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It looks like the internet connection is a, Oh, I went down and okay, there we go. We're back. So, okay. So I, I love that. So, you, you know, utilizing social media, more interacting with your, with your patients, you know, maybe they have questions, concerns, being there for them. You know, I, I love that. And one of my favorite things that I'm doing now is anything I, any interaction I have, I think about, Oh, how does that apply to my field? And then I just write a blog post on that and then I share it and say, Hey, I talked to the community and this is what the community asked. Boom. And I think doctors and, and um, can definitely do that right now as well. So, um, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Um, last, last question I ask, you know, if you had one piece of advice Mm -hmm. for all the doctors out there stuck at home, you know, or kind of one takeaway message, um, what would you want them to, to know, or maybe utilize? I think that one of the main things that everyone can look at right now is that we're all in this together. And so I think information sharing is going to be really big right now and being Mm -hmm. authentically sharing information, but Mm -hmm. also, you know, we're all in this together. I mean, we've all seen the unemployment rate filings. And so to figure out a way, uh, there is room for all of us at the finish line and what can you do to help us get across the finish line? You know, there's all these companies that are doing amazing things overnight and what can you be doing creatively overnight to help us get there. There's, you know, Dyson created a ventilator overnight. They were not in the healthcare space, but they saw a need for their patients, right? For their community. Um, There's an esports company that created a, like a crowd noise simulator because they have such a decrease in their fans. Um, And overnight they created this. So now when they're broadcasting games, they have, you know, more crowd noise that they have, which I'm not cool enough to have an account for that. 
Um, but I did like YouTube uh, crowd noise and I was just like playing one in the background when I was checking some emails or this morning. And I have to say, you have to do that. It's amazing. I got so I gotta do that. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to definitely like, do I, that. I like I was in an arena, you know, and I had like this huge crowd behind me. It was amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but all of these companies are doing these things and they're listening and looking at what does the community need to be successful and they're creating things overnight. So I would just challenge everyone of what can you do overnight? to bring us to the finish line. Well, I love that. And, you know, that's, that's, I think that's one of the best things they say necessity is the mother of all invention. So that's, that's wonderful. And that's a great tip for doctors. April, um, you know, why don't you take it away and tell us where can we find you? If doctors wanted to reach out to you, if anybody wanted to collaborate, how would we contact you? Sure. Um, I think all of us need to be information sharing. So I'm always open to just, if you want to use me as a backboard and just information share on my LinkedIn, you can um, Google me, April Rhodes. Please feel free to shoot me a message. I'm happy to collaborate and just talk about what's going on and how I can help you. Thank you guys. And this is Vlad McTumian and we're out. This is another vital piece of information for doctors. Have a great day.